Welcome to the Geek Geek Podcast, where we're halfway there already. I'm Void, and I'm here with my co-host, Beige. I'm living on a prayer! Are you? Okay, today we're talking about uh, the best of the first half of 2021, because it's already June, and this seems very strange to me. Time is it's, weird. It's just really weird. Like, when I realized that it was June 1st today, uh, the, as of this recording, it was just like my brain kind of broke it's like i don't i don't understand where the beginning of this year went in terms of just like doing stuff it, it's weird yeah it's so strange so if you guys haven't listened to one of these before or if it's been half a year since we did something like this um the way these work is that when we're doing our half year episode we don't have to rank anything whereas at the end of the year we make ourselves rank things you know five four three two one type of thing um but Typically, we kind of lightly rank a couple things in here, just say like, oh, I like this better than this, or I wouldn't be surprised if this made my number one or number two of the year, or this is definitely making my top five, that kind of thing. But it's not a hard rating system the way that we do at the end of the year. Um, and then we just have this kind of divided out into like odds and ends. We have, you know, stuff you can watch. We have books, movies, um, and then games and all of that. So we can kick off with odds and ends because that's a good place to start. What, what do you yeah. got this time for odds and ends? Ah, uh, for my odds and ends this time, I was trying to figure out everything like what I was going to uh, to put under there because a lot of what I've done this year has been like D and D based, and uh, I haven't really picked up a whole lot of other stuff. But I realized that uh, the uh, the main thing that I've done, like in terms of non TV entertainment, was honestly watching critical role i had started it i didn't think i liked it and now it's turned into something that i do before bed uh instead of reading which is why when we get to my book section it is very low um it is uh just like i bring it up and i sit on my ipad watch it while i'm lying there in bed and have really gotten attached to the characters and it surprises me how much i like it now that's interesting. It's interesting that you watch it, too. It's not a podcast for you. It's definitely like a watching thing, right? Yeah, it's definitely a watching thing. Like, I do listen to it. I'll put it on if I'm, like, walking or running outside. If I'm going to the to a, to a long drive or something, I'll put it on and listen to it like a podcast. But I watch it, uh, which is something that really surprises me. Because on this one, the acting matters. Uh, because these are all people who are voice actors. Uh, so there's actual interaction between the, the people at the table. And then uh, the DM, Matthew Murray will put out these really intricate uh, in-person miniatures and and uh, battle maps that are made uh, from like they're made out of like Dwarven Forge stuff uh, and really high quality 3D uh, elements. So those give more of a visual uh, enough reason to watch it visually uh, that I do it more than just solely listen to it. Yeah, that makes sense. Um and then your other one here is actually on my list as well. Do you want to talk yeah, about it? I, this, okay, so I'd mentioned over Christmas that, well, I'd mentioned earlier this year that over Christmas when everything was going on uh, with my family that uh, I had, I list, finally listened to the Adventure Zone and finished the balance arc that uh, during a really hard time while my father-in-law was passing away, I was able to find joy and laughing with the, the McElroys and doing this. And 
it was uh, Steph on Discord that let me know that the Adventure Zone has a new season out, and this is the first time I'm going to be able to catch up with it. So I've been keeping up. First time I'm going to be able to keep up with it. So this is the first time that I've been able to just go from the beginning. And I'm so excited because I've listened to all of these prologue episodes and uh, able to go along with and finally get in on the conversation as this show happens instead of being years and years and years behind on it. Yeah, that's awesome. I mean, I just like it because they're actually doing an intro. They're doing this, you know, prologue where they're actually world building together. And I think it's going to make for a much more interesting world than the last couple of seasons that they've done, um, where a DM just came in and kind of set the ground rules. Not that I didn't like the earlier ones, especially balance is really good, but you can tell that ever since that balance arc, they've been trying to find their way and find out like, what does, what does the long-term version of this show look like and it feels like they're getting closer and closer to it through kind of through some stumblings and failings and some successes but like they're figuring it out so i feel good where we are right now about either c um we'll see what happens after that i'm not sold on this season so far in terms of the setting I really hope that it's I realize what they're doing now by playing the quiet year to build the setting. Um, I understand what they're doing and how this is going to affect the game once this uh, all this backstory and world building happens. But to be honest, I would rather they just get into the campaign. I would rather learn about the world as the narrative is going then just have all of this stuff like i'm not as i'm excited to start at the beginning but i am not excited by them playing a game i care nothing about i i listen to it because i want to listen to an actual play D game and right now they're doing stuff that doesn't involve characters or story so much uh and and the, even the mechanics that i like so i'm I'm anxiously awaiting them to finish up with all of the uh, prologue on this one because I like it, but it's not something that I want drawn out. Yeah, and I think I came around to really liking it because of Friends at the Table, which I've talked about a bunch in the past. And yeah, yeah it's cool that they're leaning into that because it's it's just establishing, right? It's establishing a setting. Like, they're not trying to tell a story. They're trying to set up a world, and it's a different mode of operation. But it's cool to see them engaging with different parts of that, like, live play experience for tabletop RPGs. Um, so we'll see what happens when they actually, like, dive into the season itself. Yeah, it'll be really interesting to see uh, because I do after, the same thing with with this. Like, I don't listen to any of their other podcasts, so it's the people on this one that I'm listening for most of all. Like, that stuff's cool, and I'm not technically liking the uh, the mechanical stuff that they're doing right now. It's just not world building on this level isn't something that I care to listen to but they make me cackle so i like these people and that's really what uh, what gets me on both of these podcasts is the only two things i'm listening to right now yeah interesting well okay for me odds and ends are mostly other podcasts so um the revolutions podcast i listened to a couple seasons of that and it's all about revolutions from around the world it's really interesting but i can only listen to it like a season or two at a time and then i need a break so i'll get back around to it i think there's 10 seasons and i listen to three of them 
already wow. or three of them this year um but i listened to two and i took a break and i went back and i listened to one and then i took a break and so i'm kind of on a break from it right now but i like it overall i just i need to get back into it when the time is right and i'm in the right mood um but then i have been listening to two other gaming podcasts that i talked about a little bit 99 potions and channel f and both of those are from the fanbite network um the fanbite de- network is kind of not super new but like they're kind of an up-and-coming like gaming and geek and culture outlet and so i really like these two podcasts 99 potions is their rpg podcast and channel f is their general gaming podcast um but both are really solid so yeah a bunch of podcasts for me in this category that doesn't surprise me even a little with uh with knowing how you you work and listen and what you're doing while you're gaming that doesn't surprise me at all yeah and then the one other odd and end is uh an app that i threw in here called fitbod so i yeah, i was wondering my, about that yeah i hurt my leg ankle something um when i was running earlier this year and it was when i had been on um a running streak basically i mean you know not counting rest days but outside of rest days like i'd been on a running streak for basically a year almost a year and a quarter something like that because of the pandemic and um, I couldn't run for like two weeks and it really sucked. I couldn't even really walk that much. So I had to find something else to do. And I was like, well, I don't want to lose all my conditioning because I've been trying to stay in a good exercise habit. And I don't want to lose that. And so I tried weightlifting and I hate weightlifting. Like it's just not my favorite. And so yeah. I tried app after app after app. And um, I finally found this one and it makes weightlifting tolerable. And that Mm. for me is like a rousing endorsement because I just don't like weightlifting. (laughs) Um, The fact that this app makes it tolerable and now that I'm healed and I'm still running regularly, I still use this app like that speaks volumes because I don't even like weightlifting that much, but I've made it part of my habit because of FitBod. So yeah, if you guys are ever looking for a weightlifting app, FitBod is fantastic. Um, I will give it a huge endorsement. So what is it about this one that makes it better and makes you able to to do strength training? Because I tend to be the same way. Like I like powerlifting type stuff like uh, deadlifts and squats and things like that. But just the ordinary strength training that I need to be doing, I tend to get really bored with uh, with doing uh general other generalized uh uh strength training so what is it about this one that makes it like sustainable for you um you can so when you log in the first time or set up your profile you set up kind of your expert your expertise level which you know uh, is very basic for me and um and then you set up like what equipment do you have around or if you have no equipment you just do body weight and then um you just hit like the go button that's not called the go button but you hit one button and it generates a workout and you can tell it kind of like what you're aiming for right you're like i want to do a 20 minute workout i want to do a 40 minute workout i want to work upper body i want to work lower body i want to do full body like there's all these settings in there and um you just like it's so easy to generate workouts in here and then as you're going through if you ever hit an exercise where you're like oh i actually don't have this equipment or you do an exercise and you realize i absolutely hate that i never want to do that again you could just mark that in the app and be like never give me this exercise again and then the next time that it gives you like you know if you're trying to work your chest like the next time that chest comes up like it won't do that one it'll give you something else instead so okay the fact that it will put exercises in front of me um 
and generate all of the thinking for me so that I don't have to figure out what I should be doing when. I really just like hit a button and it tells me like, here's 20 minutes worth of stuff to do. I love that. The other thing I really appreciate is that there's like little five to 10 second like gif videos at the bottom of each workout that show you how to do it and like there's a whole description too but i can't figure out how to weightlift from a description um i can figure it out by watching a video for five seconds because that's all you need to do and so you don't even have to like click off the page or like watch a youtube video or anything it's like literally you just click off the thing um there you you literally just like look down below and glance and it's right there that kind of that kind of thing is incredibly useful um, because even the diagrams when they're showing different uh, movements that you have to do, it's nowhere near as useful as being able to watch someone doing it with the right form. Um, but that's awesome. I have I have the analog equivalent of that uh, where it's uh, called Fit Deck, where you draw cards and do that, and you can adjust them depending on what uh, intensity that you want to do and things like that. Like I've also been looking at some uh, exercise dice that are basically twelve sided dice to go along with that uh, and kind of generate that random workout stuff. So that's really cool. I, I'm gonna look into that one. Yeah, and so that kind of gets us on to like shows, movies, videos, that kind of thing. Um, I had a couple in here, but you know, Bridgerton, I wanted to give a shout out. Like I watched that, I feel like it was end of last year, beginning of this year, and I'm in it enough to, um, I'm interested in season two. Like I want to watch season two when it comes out. And then um, Falcon and Winter Soldier is another one that gets a quick shout out. Like I thought it was okay, but I didn't love it. I know some people really liked Falcon and Winter Soldier. It, it, it was okay for me. Um, but WandaVision is the one that absolutely stuck out to me. And I just, I loved WandaVision. It was a show I was super hesitant going into. And I know we talked about this in depth very recently, so I won't go over all of it again. But like, there's no way that WandaVision doesn't make my end of the year list, basically. Yeah, I mean, I'm I'm the same way. WandaVision is one of my favorite TV shows that I've ever seen. And I think it's my favorite MCU thing in general, just that they've done so far. It's just so well done, so well done on so many different levels. It It's just so great. Like I kind of listed on mine, just the MCU on Disney Plus in general, because Falcon and the Winter Soldier uh was so good and i liked it a lot more than you did i think and then but wandavision is being so spectacular and then just the hype for loki coming out soon and what if like we had talked about just in general those shows are are going to be part of my end of the year no matter what yeah well um, what else was there for you in this section well, we also fin- we started and finished Veep uh, on HBO with uh, Julia Louis Dreyfus because of watching Falcon and the Winter Soldier. Uh, she came on as uh, uh, Madame Hydra. I can't remember her name in the actual show that that she gave, but uh, she came on and was basically the one who spoiler, spoiler, spoiler for five seconds, spoiler who recruited John uh, at the very, very end and gave him his U.S. agent outfit. Um, and then we liked her so much. We're like, oh, yeah, we've never gone back and watched Veep. And so we 
we did, and it is absolutely wonderful. It's one show that it's a show that handles incredibly unlikable characters in a fantastic way, uh, because there are very few genuinely likable characters on that show. But watching them interact and watching them watching them go through all of the things that they're going through, it makes them sympathetic, if not likable, where it's just like, I'm really curious on what goes on or what happens. And there's a particular episode of it uh, in the middle of the show uh, where uh, a character's mother dies and it's dealing with how different, how the different emotions that come from that kind of tragedy get projected into other parts of your life and uh, how you react to other things uh, are not necessarily how you're responding to them, but it's as a, a reaction to, you know, the tragedy. And it's one of the best written and best acted episodes of TV that I've ever seen uh, and really hits on the, yeah, that's how people do. Like, yeah, I did that. Like, that's that's exactly exactly how people act and it's very rare for tv shows to get something so emotional without making it seem like a farce and in the middle of a show that is all farce it's fantastic uh like like it shows the talent that the writers and actors and producers have to be able to put that on um and by the end of it it's really very obvious uh, that uh, that a lot of it, it handled the themes very well, that the very last episode was a finale that I I was very sad about. I was very like, oh, yeah, that's what would happen uh, and bittersweet on. But also, like, I'm so glad I watched this show like it's so well put together. It's like, yep, that's what this has been leading to the entire time. I like I like that. And uh, so it's. It really impressed me. Uh, we binged it very quickly, which is pretty rare for us to go through an entire like seven season show uh, that quickly. Wow. Yeah, that's that's a lot of TV to watch. Mm. And um, it's only okay. 13 episodes a season. I think it might even be 10 episodes a season, but still it's a lot of a lot of TV in general. Yeah. Yeah, that's that's a lot. I'm glad you liked it, though, and that it kind of rang true in interesting ways also. Yeah, in ways that I wouldn't have expected out of a a political satire parody show, um, but it was it was really really good. Um, it's definitely not a kids show, like it the language and everything. Definitely not something you watch with the family, but uh, it's it's super cool. But speaking now, things you of kids shows, <laughs> yeah. Speaking of things you can watch with your family and kids shows, yeah. Avatar: The Last Airbender. Uh, I Jennifer went back and watched did a started a rewatch of avatar and i sat in through most of it uh not all of it but this show holds up like i am really really impressed by going back and watching this show on how planned out things were how many things are in that show that last all the way through the end of cora um it's just it's so good and i had to put it on here uh, because it's it's something that i didn't want to rewatch avatar right then but i couldn't stop watching it because it's so good when that when it was on we even she even waited on me to watch the finale uh because i was doing something else because i'd gotten into it again like it's it's super good cool no i'm glad you liked and, it and then just as a tie into the games that are coming up uh 
we bought Oh My Cabbages, an Avatar The Last Airbender board game that is one of the worst games I've ever played in my life, um, which makes it one of the best things I need to mention this year. Um, It's terrible. It's an Avatar tie-in. I don't think they're actually selling it anymore because it's so bad. Like It's showing out of stock everywhere, and I think that means that they've pulled it from the shelves because it... Has it, the rule book has two rule books. One of them contradicts the other. Uh, the rule book and the quick start are the quick rules. There are things that it says you need that aren't printed in the package or aren't put in the package. Things are misprinted, and so you can't play the game. The rules don't make any sense. And this is the one where you get to roll the cabbage to <laughs> you get to roll the cabbage to change the weather. It's an absolute mess of a game but i'm so glad that we bought it because we had so much fun figuring out how to play it that it's it is it is absolute trash but totally worth like 20 30 bucks that we paid for it because she and i like figuring stuff out like that and having a good time while we we watch something super dumb and this game is super dumb uh (laughs) but in the worst way like it's it it is so bad it made it to to my best of the year which is funny weird yeah i had to mention it with avatar it just it's like because we love avatar so we got the board game that we found on it's like oh wow this is so bad i don't think it got play tested so it's i talked about it in depth uh, earlier this year so y'all can go back and listen to that but so bad so bad one okay i have to ask so books is our next section here you have one book and you haven't even talked about this one on the podcast so i have no idea what it is what is this so this is a book i actually got this week And I wanted to mention it because, like I said, I haven't really been reading this year because my audiobook and uh, actual reading time has been taken over for the most part by Critical Role right now. And um, so I bought this book. I'm a sucker for marketing. Uh, Anybody who listens to the podcast should know that I'm a sucker for shiny things that seem really neat right then. And so I was just kind of scrolling on Instagram the other day and it this came up it was called the hero's journal and it is a it's like a daily planner uh thing that a daily planner that is set up like a hero's quest uh where every day you do things it's it it is done in a way that everything is set up to attain a certain goal uh where you like pick this is what the end goal of my quest is going to be like this is where i'm going to slay my dragon kind of thing and so every day it is like here is the calendar for the day, but also here is here are three things I'm grateful for. Here are some here is I'm writing out some things that are my allies that are uh, going to help me along. Here are the threats for the day. Um, here is my daily quest that I'm working on just to get through today, and here are the ways that I am going about to win that. And it's something so far that kind of hit on. Um, hit on that kind of psychology that I work with uh, because it's illustrated and all of the pages are like little uh, coloring book pages too. So it's all around so you can customize it and do whatever you like doing. I don't have anything to color with yet, but it's, it hit me when I was reading the, uh, when I was reading through 
I saw it on Instagram. I clicked the button, and as I was reading through the website on it, it was like, yeah, this is this is the kind of thing that uh, that I, I would be into. And since I'm trying to get work, fitness, and weight loss back into my life because of uh, quarantine and uh, depression, I'm like, this is the kind of thing I think that can help me keep moving and moving that forward on a daily basis. Um, because right now I need that kind of gratitude that 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 pushing pushing me to think about what I'm grateful for because there are a lot of things in my life I'm really burned out on so having that on top of the planning and everything else it clicked I bought it it came in this week and it's a really high quality uh print journal high quality pages um like velvet hardcover uh, with like the the strap that the elastic strap that keeps it up like that kind of thing but I am really impressed by this and just the last week it actually did make me do more things like I have no idea if and when I'll drop off of this but while I'm on it it is actually making me sit and think every morning about what I'm grateful for what do I have on my side who is helping me through this and what kind of things are that like it's it's very neat uh, it's very me the kind of thing that helps me um, but also it's very practical in like Hey, here's here's your calendar for the day. What are you doing? How are you actually going to tackle this? In what order? That kind of thing. So it's it's very useful and uh, hits on that. Hey, this is really nerdy kind of thing for me. Cool. Yeah, I think the real test is if you stick with it or not. So you'll have to yeah. report back. This kind of thing has worked in the past. Uh, the uh, I can't remember what it was called now, but the kind of thing that has the prompts around your planning uh, tends to work pretty well for me uh, long term. And so I think that if I can make I'm keeping it on my desk and open and marked to certain pages so that uh, as I'm doing it, I'm going back and then writing the notes in the note section kind of as a, a journal up for the day before. Um, so it's worked well so far like that. Uh, it's been something where I'm basically not in my own head as much. Much, which is kind of where I need to be. Like, I need to be out of my head, and this is helping me uh, do that right now. Sweet. Yeah, um, for me on the book side, uh, not journal books, more traditional books for me. Um, Rhythm of War, I know I mentioned on the podcast. Mm -hmm. I read it. It was good, but it was very long, and it took a long time to get to where it was going. Um, but it's a solid yep. series, so I'm glad I read that one. And then um, the Viridian Gate online series. I know I talked about that for a while. Yeah. That may or may not make my end of the year list, but I want to give it a shout out here because I've enjoyed um, listening through all of those audiobooks and this like lit RPG series of being, you know, trapped inside of a video game. It's like, it's so dumb, but it's so fun when you find the right one too. And I, I just legitimately enjoy that specific series in it. Um, and I've right, read yeah. like 11 of those books at this point. Like I've read a lot of those or listened to a lot of those. Um, and then the other thing that gets a quick shout out is star Wars, the high Republic, because they have a <laughs> bunch of books and a bunch of comics out now. There's no real, and like, one standout recommendation from me for these um but i like this setting like i i like the setting i think it has a lot of potential and a lot of promise and i want to dig into this as a main topic to kind of like give you the overview of what this is yeah and the high republic has come at a time where i am i don't even want to i don't want to say that i'm burned out on star wars but i'm kind of i've hit that point where that i was afraid 
it's come to that point where I was afraid it was going to come where there's so much Star Wars stuff available that I just don't care anymore. Um, I'm not excited for anything that's coming out anymore. Like I'll probably get really excited for the movies and I'm really excited for the Mandalorian and things like that. But like the, the bad batch has been out and I don't care. I didn't watch the end of, of, uh, clone wars. And with all this stuff being out, I've seen it and I'm just like, yeah, I don't, I don't really care about this. And part of it where it was where I got really, really ruined, uh, by, uh, rise of skywalker i ended up just the more i've sat with that one i don't like it and have like really have a hard time getting into anything on star wars that's not the mandalorian it's it's kind of sad for me yeah i i always wonder because you kind of ebb and flow with star wars if you'll come back around to it and then suddenly gobble up a bunch of this stuff like that's a very real possibility for you yeah maybe so because the stuff i've read the stuff that i've seen the high republic seems interesting but like you said there's nothing that stand that stood out to me as i've been kind of looking at it and seeing what's been released that's made me just want to rush out and grab it right then yeah um and so i i want to talk about that more on probably a different episode as a main topic um maybe next time actually but the the other book that is probably my book of the year um definitely at this point looking like it's gonna make my list for top things of the year is called the midnight library and it's you have to be like in the right headspace for this book. I don't think that you are, and I would not recommend this one to you right now. But <laughs> yeah, looking at the name, I think I'm assuming yeah. that this is okay. So the bulleted list you've got here, not to even <laughs> and go into it, are these titles or themes? No, these are themes. So okay, I was about to say if this is the title of titles of this no. series, yeah, this is not where I'm at. No, no, these are themes of the book. So the Midnight Library, it's a standalone book. It's just a one-off. But okay, um, okay. it deals with like depression and regrets, but then it quickly like pivots into being more about like philosophy and multiverses and other lives. And it's like, what things do you regret in your life? And what would happen if you had made a different choice to undo those regrets? And then in hindsight, do you really regret the decisions that you've made? Or can you come to terms like with the life that you've lived? Um it's such a fascinating like meditation on all of that and the story itself is just really compelling all the way through too it's not like it's not like one of those books that feels preachy and or like it's trying to sell you something or it's like a life philosophy you have to turn around and it's not a self-help book it's like it's a narrative it's a narrative book right but it just touches on all of these themes that i love right it's stuff like um higher like thinking about f- the multiverses and like choices and rippling effects through different possibilities and i I don't know it just completely resonated with me so i love this book um highly recommend it if you're into that kind of thing again it's called the midnight library so that one's probably going to make my end of the year list too yeah, I mean, I just from the way that you talk about it, just the, the themes and everything, that is something I know that I would really like. And I could probably get a lot out of it right now. But all of those things are these existential philosophical uh, ideas that I'm dealing with and trying to move past. So I'm like, nah, not right now. No, not like, right now for not, you. Not, not right now. When I get no. to a better headspace, absolutely. That's the kind of thing I love. And it's really weird. I love reading and listening to stuff like that when I'm in a really happy uh productive mood and it doesn't make me sad where if i were to read that right now just the idea of talking about regrets and uh the life 
life that we could have lived and be like, Mm-mm, I'm just going to go cry in the corner and stare at the ceiling <laughs> fans like, Mm-mm. but when I'm super happy, I'm like, yeah, that's cool. I'm glad I'm here right now where I know that I would not be able to handle it right now, but I'm going to definitely be keeping an eye on that one for whenever, uh, whenever my brain decides to start being nice to me again. Yes. So if your brain's in the right place, uh, it's a fantastic book. Um, we also have games on here, but we're going to take a quick break here to remind you that we are part of a network. We have podcasts, we have streamers, we have the geek to geek media website with blogs, interviews, reviews, lots of stuff over there. You can get all of that sent to you. If you go to geek to geekmediacom slash subscribe, it'll come right to your email. Um, we also have a digital magazine, the geek to geek magazine. What is the newest with that? Yes. Okay. So, so the newest one right now is on tabletop gaming. We have an entire issue, uh, uh, from May on uh, different how we got into tabletop gaming, different kinds of tabletop games, like how RPGs affected us, how these uh, these kinds of uh, we have stories from these things that we didn't even know that we had. It's a really, really fun issue. Troidal Power put together a small indie TTRPG tabletop game uh, called uh, Double Roll Six, which is a spy themed game that you can get uh, by subscribing. And uh, this coming month, we're doing one on road trips and gaming so that's a really cool idea um and you can get all of that and more at patreon.com slash geek to geekcast yeah and that brings us to uh games we don't actually have geekery this week but we have the rest of our like best of the first half of the year is just game <laughs> stuff right. um so i have two quick shout outs here uh loop hero because it was really interesting and it was different and it gave me a couple weeks of like i don't know it scratched the right thing in my brain and at this right. point i've kind of bounced off of it and i'm done with it and it was fun while it lasted but i'm done um and then demon souls which i talked about on the podcast a bit um I finally understand like what the Souls games are offering, and this is the farthest I've ever gotten in one. It's also a really cool showcase for the PS5. So I, I messed around with that on PS5 a lot. Um, but those are my two quick hits, and then I have a couple more deep dives. But what do you have? Because you have kind of th- some themes going on here. Yeah, I've got some weird stuff this year. Um, I haven't been able to get into video games since since late last year um i don't know whatever happened uh but i just haven't been able to sit down and recently i actually didn't put one on here on my list uh that i did but recently jennifer uh kind of looked at me and was just sitting there was like you're playing a video game and i'm like yeah she's like I haven't seen you just play a video game in a long time. And I was playing Torchlight 3. I wanted something uh, at the time just to smash some stuff, collect some loot, and uh, uh, see some bright colors. And so I pulled it up on the Switch. And I do like this game a lot i can see why people like diablo style games more and more uh, as i go along and i need to play diablo uh three again especially diablo 4 coming out soon uh diablo 2 whatever the remaster's called but um i was playing torchlight 3 which is really really good and uh she was really amazed at that so i've been playing a little bit more i mentioned a couple of weeks ago um that i played steam world quest some uh, i'm still doing that little by little uh turns out to be a really really fun game and i'm glad i went back to it uh i i do really enjoy the card-based battling on this which is something that i never thought i would say about a game and i really don't think i can say about anything other than games like magic the gathering and hearthstone um but when it's not a card game card-based mechanics don't work for me but steamroll quest they really do um 
other than that, like I've been playing Paper Dungeon still. The one that I was telling you about with the folded over uh, notepad and the stuff. Uh, you said that you had picked some of this up. Did you ever play through any of it? Yeah, I messed around with it a little bit. It was it was okay. Um, I wanted it to be more fun than it ended up being, but my daughter had a really good time with it, so I just kind of gave those to her, and she was messing around right. with them. But I definitely see the appeal for the right kind of person, so I'm glad that you're still liking it. I'm still liking it. I have it open on the the L of my desk over here, where whenever I'm tired of ter- whenever I'm tired of staring at a screen for a little while, I can just you know grab the little pencil roll a die and uh and move through uh a dungeon and and do a little bit of fantasy math um but it's it's been exactly what i needed for what it is it is not in depth like you said it's not quite it's not quite what i thought it was going to be but uh whenever i back the kickstarter but it's turned out to be something that i can keep up with in short bursts and it's i couldn't just sit there and do that for like six hours but it's something that i uh can definitely do in you know needing to stop looking at a screen for a few minutes um in terms of things that i can sit and do for hours one deck dungeon uh elinzia told me about this game and i ended up getting it and it's the kind of solo card game that you can play duo with somebody um which is you exploring a dungeon by turning over cards setting it all up and i have sat for hours and hours and hours playing this game solo and it's just a it is like a fun dungeon diving game it's it's really uh like playing uh i guess like persona q or uh etrian odyssey or any of those first person uh dungeon mapping games uh those are it's kind of a paper it's a paper version of those and because it's paper and uh, uh kind of dice pool it's it's really really interesting and i like it a lot um so i had to bring that one up and then um unmatched i'd mentioned earlier in the year and we're still going back and playing it uh it is a themed turn-based strategy game uh and we got the buffy themed one where we can sit and play uh kind of fight through the bronze or the high school or something like that uh but uh be do with buffy characters with special moves and stuff just a strategy battler that's really really fun sweet yeah so i mean you do have stuff going on even though you haven't been yeah, playing yeah. a ton of like video games um yeah i mean and then i'm playing so much D D that right. it's uh it's kind of absurd so i mean that's really where most of my attention is gone i haven't been playing a lot of D uh or i haven't been playing a lot of video games because i've been playing probably two to three D D like sessions a week so like that's really where my attention is gone um and I got to say, I, I've talked for a couple of years, like two or th- it's been about three years ago now since I had mentioned about joining the uh, D&D group here locally where they did Adventurers League. Um, fairly recently, I went back and joined that again while they were doing online games because I know there's going to be in-person games and like I would probably need to be around people after the last year. And uh, I've been having a really, really, really good time uh, doing the Roll20 games with the local folks. So I'm excited when we can get back into a shop because I'm getting to know them like this without feeling awkward and walking in on a game with people I've never seen uh, and just kind of 
plopping down at a table. Uh, the online D&D actually makes me feel a lot more comfortable to walk in and be like, hey, guys, let's do this, uh, where it was a little more awkward a few years ago just to kind of jump in like that. So I'm I'm excited to actually play in person probably fairly soon, too. Um, but it's been a, it's been a lot of fun. And tonight I'm even DMing a game like Last week, I finished up my very first hardcover. Austin DM'd Rhyme of the Frostmaiden, one of the the uh, Wizards of the Coast uh, story hardcovers. We completely finished it, and uh, this coming week, I'm starting Descent into Avernus, the uh, Baldur's Gate 3 prequel. Um, so I'm excited, excited to do that, and I'm DMing a geek-to-geek uh, game uh, tonight after we get finished recording this, a couple hours after that. So it's uh, I'm really having fun with this. Like I know for Jennifer and a lot of other people, it seemed like it, I was going on to, uh, quote, one of my kicks where I get really into something and then kind of fall off of it. But it's been about six months now where I've focused in on this, been able to write D&D modules, uh, get collaborations on stuff uh, with other companies and people, be able to write with them, uh, get multiple games going, make friends. And uh, like this one, I feel like is finally hitting where I wanted D&D to hit three years ago and couldn't quite get it. And I feel like right now the tabletop thing is really where I'm having a lot more fun um, and doing video games as the side thing. Thing. So it's it's interesting how just a few years uh, can change your entire focus, because like last week, uh, I'm sure you listened to it uh, last week. I had put up the uh, board games episode we did in season yeah. one. It was interesting where, to listen back and you're like board games like things are different than Monopoly. And it's like, oh, you've come so far. <laughs> Yeah, really. And that's why when, when I saw it in our feed, when I was going through, like looking at which ones would be really interesting to go through, uh, like right now with us having done the uh, the the D&D module writing one, we've just the things I've been interested in and then coming up with the best of the rest or best of the first half here. And most of mine being non video game. It was like, yeah, that one. I know I've changed a ton since then. Like I even had to get you to tell me what, how to play pandemic. Like it was such a different time in 2016 in our lives and everything else. Like it's just cool going back and looking at that stuff too. Yeah. I mean, at this point I assume that when we actually do our end of the year list and you have to list out your games, your one, two and three are going to all be D and D and it's just going to be like playing D and D DMing D and D writing D and D. And I just want to know then, what order those land in. And then four and five are going to be uh, playing Baldur's Gate three and playing Dark Alliance when it releases in a couple of weeks. It's like it's just going to be bam, 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 bam. Um, I am excited about uh, uh, the Dark Alliance game that's coming out in a couple of weeks, too. Um, It is. I'm excited to play it, but I think it's going to be really bad. Uh, I'm really, really afraid. Excuse me. I'm really afraid it's going to be bad. Have you seen the marketing materials and the trailers they put out for that one? Yeah, we'll see. At least it's cheap. It's like a $30 game instead of 60 so we'll see what happens. Yeah, I've ordered the deluxe edition because me, and it's uh, I'm... I'm excited to get it because it's a deluxe edition and I like those of games, but I'm afraid this game is going to be garbage. So it's going to be fun to see just how bad it is. I'm going in with very low expectations, so I'm hoping I can have fun with that one too. But man, this is not going to be the fun Dark Alliance games from college. 
Yeah, we'll see what happens. Um, for games for me, um, I actually have a pretty solid top five. Like, if these were my games of the year, I would feel pretty good about it. Um, I don't have an right. order for them necessarily, but um, Hitman Three is definitely on there. I've talked about Hitman so much, so I won't belabor the point here. But at the end of the year, I'll probably have to talk it through again. But just the fact that it has Hitman One, Two, and Three, all of the content in one package, and then all of the upgrades that they've made over the years applied backwards to the old levels, like this is like the definitive hitman experience at this point right and it's just my favorite puzzle game ever is hitman so um it's great for that uh bowser's fury was a fantastic mario game i wish it was more i wish it were longer i wish it were built out into like a full-size game but what's there i absolutely adored and i had such a great time with and my son and i played the whole thing together which was a great experience um that's so awesome yeah 13 sentinels is one where it's like the most off the wall crazy sci-fi story but it pulled me through the entire game and it was like 30 hours worth of content and it was basically just like one step up from a visual novel but it was this like mm-hmm. crazy jrpg sci-fi story um and i loved it for that but it was a, i really liked that game like i like that game more than i should does that make sense it does where it, it clicked in ways that you that no other <laughs> that no other game would be able to and and you didn't expect it you expected to bounce off of it but there was just something ineffable about it and that that makes me happy that 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 there's no reason it should have clicked like that like everything about it seems like something be like yeah that's a game and uh i tried it it's okay and then you're just like oh my goodness this is the best game yeah it almost reminds me of my reaction to um uh Oh, why am I? I know there's an it? example right on the tip of my tongue from where you've done that, and I can't remember. Like, I can't think of which one it was. The way I felt about Maneater, where like Maneater is very obviously like it's like a six or seven out of ten type of game, right? It's like double A studio, like it's a almost a B tier game, not quite that bad, but it's like a double A type of game. But I loved it, and it was like a ten out of ten for me because it hit the right spot at the right time, and I think that 13 sentinels is better than that i don't think it's a 7 out of 10 game i think it's like a probably solidly like an 8 out of 10 type of thing not that i rate games on that scale very often but it's not like a triple a like it doesn't feel like it should be competing with triple a's but i enjoyed it so much to the point that i'm stacking it up with triple a's in my mind and it's just as fun for me so yeah it's kind of like punching above its weight in my mind yeah Um, so i like 13 13 sentinels a lot and then um i know i talked about it a ton but magic the gathering on or magic the gathering arena specifically on ios it's been like a huge resurgence for me of playing magic the gathering arena just because it's so much easier to play it when it's on my phone and on my ipad and yeah i still jump over to the computer and play it occasionally but like my day-to-day is really because it's on ios now and um i'm just playing so much more than i ever have before of that game because of the platform that it's on and it's crazy how much that's influencing it and how much better it is as a game like i don't I don't know what it is, but you are 100% right about playing on the iPad being kind of ideal. Like, I like it on computer, but now that I have it on iPad, I'm, I realize, like, that's just how I prefer to play it now. Um, phone is fine, but my uh, my old person eyes can't see all of the text anymore, which really makes me sad. Um, but it's... Uh, 
on iPad, it's perfect. Like that is that is what I want my magic experience to be. And I love it. Like I didn't include it on mine uh, because I knew you had it on yours here and we were going to talk about it. But it is definitely worth picking up uh, to give it a shot, especially if you have an iPad or a tablet of some kind. Yeah. And I mean, I was liking it so much that this is the first um, season or first release, first whatever they call it, um, where I've actually picked up the Mastery Pass in a long, long time, yeah. like over a year. Um, but yeah, I've been playing Strixhaven like I'm well on my way to I'm getting close to completing the Mastery Pass. I don't know if I actually Ooh. will or not, but I've been playing daily and I'm doing all my daily quests and I'm getting all my weekly wins and you know I'm not obsessing over it I'm not playing 10 or 20 or 30 games a day but I'm playing you know four games a day five games a day like enough to get my wins in and I'm just loving it so I hope that I keep feeling like that as the next couple sets come out and I can keep momentum because there's a lot of legs to Magic the Gathering like there's just there's so many ways to play it um and there's a lot to dig into there if you're willing yeah and I know that uh, I saw, uh, I think it was uh, the Plains Talkers podcast uh, had posted in our Discord uh, earlier today looking at the the new modern, how the new modern horizons is going to affect these stuff and was just talking about how powerful they were. Like, I don't know enough about being able, about the uh, the formats on that to be able to comment on it, but I'm just like, there, uh, there are cool things going on all around. Yeah, there's lots of cool stuff. Um, And the last one for me is Monster Hunter Rise. I have put, oh, I don't know how many hours into this game, probably getting close to 100 hours into Monster Hunter Rise. Um, I put a lot of time, a lot of time into this one. And then um, as I was kind of messing around with it enough, my daughter was watching me play and she's like, can I try this? And she tried it. And then I ended up buying her the game because she was liking it so much. So she and I have done a ton of monster hunts together. And that has been an amazing experience, too. So it's like two of the games on here are games I played with my kids. And I've been having a legitimately great time just like playing stuff with them. So, yeah, Monster Hunter Rise is there's there's no way Monster Hunter Rise doesn't make my games of the year list just because like I've put so much time into it. I'm enjoying my time with it. And then I also got to play it with my daughter. Like it's been fantastic. Yeah. I mean, I totally understand that. Like even it being a good game has nothing, nothing holds nothing on it to being able to play it with your kid like that. Yeah, exactly. It could be a garbage game. And if you got to be able to do it like that, it would still be able to be up there. So that's where I'm at with games. I mean, if that's my top five for the year, which stuff will come out, things will get knocked off this list. But I mean, if I ended the year with Hitman 3, Bowser's Fury, Magic the Gathering Arena, 13 Sentinels and Monster Hunter Rise, I would actually be very legitimately happy. Whereas most of the time when we're halfway through the year, I feel like I know like maybe one or two maybe three games if it's a strong year so i'm surprised that i have so many that i'm like oh yeah these are great like these could all make it on my end of the year list and i wouldn't be surprised yeah usually we're kind of going back through through a bunch of notes and trying to see like well what what even came out like what was it uh was there anything worth doing at this point and sometimes there are sometimes there aren't and this one was just like yep this is the stuff this year uh th- that i'm going to write down and talk about on this so uh so yeah like a lot of good stuff has actually happened in the beginning of 2021 which is good to say after last year <laughs> <laughs> yeah for sure so we'll see where we land six months from now once we're doing our end of the year recap um but we'll get there. We're getting through the year. That's probably it for this episode. You guys can write to us with comments, suggestions, or feedback. Our email address is geek 2 geekcast at gmail.com or reach us on Twitter at geek 2 geekcast 
We also have some great discussions on Slack and Discord. You can go to geek2geekmedia.com for invite links. And while you're there, make sure to check out all the other content on the network, blogs and video game reviews, and our digital magazine on Patreon. I blog at agreenmushroom.com, and you can find me at grnmushroom. That's Green Mushroom without the E's on Twitter. I'm also on the Disney Forever podcast, where we watch and react to a different Disney movie every week. I'm on Twitter as at Professor Beige. That's Beige with two E's. And I also co-host the Dragon Quest FM podcast, a show about the Square Enix RPG series. We've been Void and Beige with your Geek to Geek podcast. That'll do it for this week. See you next week, geeks. Bye, everybody. When toxic culture has you down. When you're just looking to laugh and have fun. Kick back and enjoy watching a video game. Or just make some new friends. It's time to visit the geek to geek Media Network. A community of podcasters, streamers, and bloggers. Well, more of a family than a community. All dedicated to geeking out about the things we love. Things like... Video games. Star Wars. Comics. Movies, K-pop, Disney Plus, Keanu. Keanu Reeves, New, or whatever our community decides is the next best thing. That's right. We have a great online community on Slack and Discord where we chat about our weekly geekery with listeners and viewers. And each other. Yep. And each other in real time. And we can't wait for you to join us. So come check us out at geek2geekmedia.com. And escape toxic fandom for something much more... Keanu? Yes. Keanu.